to Reviewing Westeros, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Um, we're back for Season 8, Episode 2, uh, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Knight being not the knight, but with a, with yes. a K. So. With a K, yes. Yeah, uh, as in what Jon Snow kind of basically is. Uh, what did you think of this episode? I really like this episode. Mm. Uh, I know it's had a bit of a mixed reaction for online because it's not very kind of actionful this one, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was interesting, lovely direction from uh, David Nutter again. He's you know awesome and uh, yeah, a lot of talking, a lot of sit around. There's there's this sort of um, feeling of impending doom that runs kind of throughout the whole yeah, episode. You could say that. <laughs> uh, the closest thing yeah. I could. Uh, the, weirdly, the, the closest thing I kind of can can think it gave me the same feeling of was uh, if you've ever seen Blackadder, Blackadder Goes Forth, which is obviously a half-hour comedy thing. Mm-hmm. But the final episode of Blackadder Goes Forth, uh, if you don't know the show, um, that season was set in World War One, and the, most of the time Blackadder's trying to avoid going over the top and kind of running towards the end with sticks, which was basically what they were doing in, in World War Two, World War One. Um, but that final episode is pretty much him being told that, no, this is it. You're going to have to go over the top. And there is this this thread of just tension. And despite it being comedy and funny and then some being, you know, light, funny moments in it, there's this underlying fear of dread throughout the whole thing. Um, and weirdly, it's the same with this episode of um, Game of Thrones. as this weird kind of uneasiness throughout the whole of it um i i really like just the feel of it and the way it was it, that was done uh and and it's just lovely to see them kind of all together and there was really sweet moments in it and and just them basically preparing for what i suspect is going to be a fairly epic battle next week mm-hmm. um I just, you know, lovely little moments like with the, when they were all sat around the fire talking and um, the the, you know, the the things between, uh, you know, with, with Gendry and Aya and, and you got to see sort of relationships come together. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was it was really quite beautiful and disturbing and, you know, just just a really solid episode. Not really what we've seen before i don't think nothing quite like this in game of thrones previously so i i i like that i really liked it a lot yeah i i love this episode i think it's absolutely fantastic um i mean the people that are complaining that like oh there's no battles and stuff you know you weren't going to have six hours straight of battles you knew no. that wasn't going to happen and that would be quite boring i think as well mm, plus they you know exhausted so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this episode's really hilarious, it's really, really funny, but yeah, that's because a lot of people are going to die next yeah. week, so. Yeah, it's um, funny moments. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of things, I'm like, how am I laughing this much at Game of Thrones, and then they end the episode, and I'm like, alright, because, like, those characters are dead next week. Uh, yeah. not all of them, obviously, but obviously some people are going to die, some people are going to live. Yeah. Um, yeah, get ready for me to say the words like dead, death, dies, and all that <laughs> yes. sort of but between now and between well, yeah, between yesterday and next Monday because I already started doing it with uh, Black Summer. My review of that, right. Avengers is out tomorrow, so be prepared for me yes, to definitely. probably say with that. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, I literally couldn't tell you who or, who died or whatever because we haven't seen the the film yet or anything. Um, 
with that and with the episode, yeah, the, the uh, battle at Winterfell on coming up on Monday. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of <laughs> people dying uh, in yes. the next week. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just the the continuous character building and uh, some of the character moments and um like some of the other, just the moments like between the characters as well and this nice sort of like okay we are preparing for battle but we're gonna have like a last strength sort of thing together because yeah. uh, as as some of the characters point out people like Arya and i think Tyrion says stuff like that as well of like we might be dead tomorrow morning so let's just like have a drink have a bit of fun um like the yeah. white walkers are over there they're not here yet so let's like quickly have like some fun or whatever before we you know, potentially all die and we don't get the chance to do this again yeah um but yeah i i thought this episode was really fantastic so um it, it's more of a if you're not into like character stuff you're probably gonna not find it as good but i mean if you've been watching the show for eight seasons you're surely connected with like at least some of the characters i would hope at, so yeah. at this point yeah so to see like some of those characters have moments and because in order to invest and enjoy in a character it's not just a case of like watching them fight and do things like that because even though as much as i love 24 and jack bow it's not because of him like kicking down doors and shooting people it's his moments with like uh whoever he's in a relationship with or his daughter or wh- whatever he's like negotiating yeah. and all that kind of stuff so it isn't always to do with like oh i like this character because they're a cool fighter like a brienne or something yeah yeah um so you have those really cool moments in this episode as well um but yeah that's all the really sort of pre-talk i've i've kind of got we got a lot of notes and stuff and we got some very interesting emails so uh let's move on to some other stuff we'll see you in a minute today's sponsor is koalu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to koalu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk. And to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, like I alluded to, uh, I did a review yesterday for Black Summer. It's the uh, new Netflix uh, zombie show, which is sort of tied to Z Nation, like production-wise, but not story or character-wise. You can watch either of those in whatever order you you want to. Uh, It doesn't matter in terms of that, but I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, as I put in the sort of uh, subtext kind of thing. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. So uh, it hasn't been renewed yet, has it? But I'm hoping it does, because uh, I'd like to see more of it. So... Um, that was that as well. Uh, what else did we do? Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about the PSN name changes, which you can finally, after, I think it's like 13 or 14 years, you can finally change your PSN name, uh, which is your, if you don't know what that is, it's your profile name on, on PlayStation, uh, when you sign up for an account, because you couldn't do that before. Uh, and we talked about basically the games that are listed that you'll ha- you might have problems with, like if you change your name because of how PSN is kind of a bit messed up or whatever. Um, yeah and that sort of stuff we talked about um yeah some other stuff as well and this week we're going to be talking about um 
Fortnite's doing another uh, Avengers-type crossover. They're calling it Avengers X Fortnite thing. They did it before with Infinity right. War when you could play as uh, Thanos in the game if you pick <laughs> up the, the thing for him. So we'll see what that's all about. Uh, we're going to be talking about some other stuff as well. Uh, what else did we do? I did a couple of discussion pieces within this last week. I talked about HBO, obviously the network that runs this show. And talked about why they're still the king of television, not just because of Game of Thrones. Obviously, we know Game of Thrones is a huge, huge success. Uh, but there's some other reasons I thought of as to why HBO is is doing so well right now. Uh, and I discussed that. Uh, I also discussed um, Aquaman and Bird Box, two kind of films that could have really easily quite failed, uh, and they and they definitely didn't. So I talked about why I thought they were necessarily sort of a success, because um, Aquaman's no Batman or Superman, but the film made a billion dollars, so why did it do that? <laughs> um, I also did a part two to um, a part two four rather. Uh, let's stop accepting bad AAA video games. I received some interesting feedback, so I did a part two and and discussed that as well. Uh, what else have we been doing? Uh, DC shows, Flash and Arrow. We're still doing podcasts for those. Uh, we're probably going to be due, due for update podcasts for those soon for uh, episodes twenty, uh, and we'll be back next week for Legends of Tomorrow four twelve, uh, and then we'll be back. Four weeks later for a 4.16, which will be the end of the season. Uh, iZombie's coming back soon. I believe it's next Friday. We won't have a preview podcast necessarily because we don't even have a trailer or anything really to go off. We have less to go off of what we did with uh, Game of Thrones. Um, But we're going to basically be doing an update podcast to talk about what we're going to be doing, the schedule, that kind of stuff as well. Uh, And that's what the thing... Um, so yeah, another final season preview. Um, and that's roughly what we've been doing on... Uh, oh yeah, Star Trek Discovery uh, concluded for season two last week. And me and David both thought that was pretty good. Uh, me yep. and David discussed it on this week's Geek Town, but I discussed it obviously on my own uh, on Discovering Star Trek. So that was pretty good as well. And that's what's going on with entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Uh, let's move into A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Jamie is brought before the uh, Northern Court. Because obviously we saw him arrive there last week. Um, yeah. Daenerys and Sansa both comp- contemplate Jamie's fate as he sort of stands there, a bit reminiscent of uh, Littlefinger's scenes uh, yeah. at, at the end yeah. of last season. Um, he defends his actions as being in service uh, to House Lannister and reveals that Cersei was lying uh, about sending her army. Brienne vouches for Jamie because they've had like a good relationship before. Um, and this allows Jamie to fight for them because he makes it clear, like, I want to fight for the living, which I think was a line that we saw in the trailer. Well, we saw it in the, we heard it in the trailer, yeah. but we don't know when it when it was like kind of revealed. But that gets fully sort of unfolded here. Obviously, Brienne gives gives him a good word. Um, yeah, what do you think of uh, Jamie coming fully? Yeah, back, I suppose. I, I mean, it was it was always fairly obvious that he was not going to get his head locked off wandering into that courtroom i mean you know from a dramatic point of view entirely it could have happened mm-hmm. from a from a like game of thrones point of view it was never going to happen because you jamie's not going to go out like that there's there's no way uh they were going to kill jamie off that way uh whether he survives the battle next week is a slightly more debatable but um he was never you know he was always going to be allowed to fight uh i i thought it was it was quite sweet the way buran sort of buran stepped up and and uh defended him and mm. and said you know i vouch for him um the yeah daenerys and sansa were really ready to lop his head off i mean understandably he has been a bit of a git throughout like you know but yeah. he, he's he's one of the more interesting character arcs because he has really changed i mean if you think about I mean, there's, there's a lovely bit in that scene where bran uh just says the things we do for love which is of course exactly what jamie said when he pushed bran out the window so yeah 
Um, yeah. I, I thought that was a lovely callback, and you sort of went, "Ooh, burn!" You know, <laughs> it was that was really cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I really like that scene, and it, it it does show how far Jamie's arc has gone from being this kind of basically spoiled rich kid that was, you know, hooking up with his own sister, and, and uh, when we first meet him, yeah. and this sort of swashbuckling like git basically and he's he's a character arc is really sort of you can see the fact that you know he obviously loves Tyrion. um he he was really actually quite a a, a good guy just with loyalties to the lannister house because that's his family right. and lannisters yeah. as a general rule aren't particularly nice bunch uh but you know obviously we certainly in their father so yeah, I mean, it, it's been a really interesting arc for Jamie, and um, I'm I'm not sure whether he's going to make it through next week. But mm-hmm. I, think I think we can talk about uh, that a bit more at the end. Yeah, yeah, like, we can do quick that later, predictions but, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I I I I really like that, and I'm glad they sort of let him fight. I think well, I think what's quite interesting, you've ended up with this whole whole bunch of of disparate characters who have been on all different sides throughout the whole of this thing i mean all the people that are up there are you know there's there's people from from that have been fighting each other that are now fighting side by side and i think that's that's all been kind of fascinating and uh, how they've managed to pull everybody into one place for this so i'm glad they have in a way because it really got to that point where like look yeah we've got our differences and the throne and all that sort of stuff but like if we continue to squabble amongst ourselves, the dead are just going to kill all of us anyway. So we have to like, you yeah. know, we have to kind of accept Jamie in because he can fight for a living and he's a good fighter. And Brienne's here mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, Sansa and Denny kind of putting their differences aside for a minute or whatever. It, it's got to kind of be that thing where it's like, look, if we don't put our differences aside for like one night or for how long, however long the battle takes, we're all going to die while we're squabbling over uh who has the right to what and all that sort of stuff so i'm glad that this is finally coming sort of together in that way and jamie is almost kind of the final sort of piece of that because he was like yeah he's like betrayed the starks a bit and he's lannister and he was with cersei and that but now he's come here and he says he wants to fight for living and brienne vouches for him because of their relationship in the past or you know whatever sort of friendship they had in the past um, and it's good to sort of see, ja- and like Jamie does seem genuine, sort of like, yes, I'm on your side. We're, we're probably gonna, yeah, we, we might die, so like, I'm here to help you. Um, and like, we can sort our differences out uh, after, which is a good idea. So, um, but yeah, I think in terms of, uh, yeah, in like Jamie coming um, around and that sort of stuff is is really really good. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see who survives the battle next week, but. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's funny in the way that like I kind of compared the scene to Littlefinger's one last season, where like Littlefinger had continued to go too far and he was trying to get you know the the Stark yeah. sisters to turn on each other and everything. And um, this is kind of well, almost a similar scene in in the way like it's in the same room. You've got Sansa there, you've got Rosaria there. I think Arya was there. You've got sort of Danny there and and John and everybody um, debating like what do we do with this guy? But it's more a case of like. Okay, he hasn't gone on the full side of evil where it's like he's trying to fully manipulate us because he's here and he's trying to fight for us. So I like yeah. kind of the sim- symmetry in in some ways. So yeah, uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. But in a way of like, okay, let's not kill this one this time. He's he's here, willing to help us because Littlefinger was never going to do that. So no, and I'm feeling like if Littlefinger hadn't been killed there, he probably would have 
continued the squabbling too far and tried to turn the scissors on each other and would have got killed by the uh, the army of the dead. So, yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Jamie speaks with uh, Bran in the Godswood <laughs> and apologizes for trying to kill him. And Bran, Bran, sorry, uh, holds no anger towards Jamie because he's kind of emotionless, which we have an email about later, which we'll discuss yeah. a bit more. Uh, meanwhile, um, th- I mean, do you have anything to say about Bran and uh, uh, Jamie? I- only the thing which we were talking about on uh, on Geek Town earlier in the week in the that uh, Brandon is, Brandon is magical wheelchair yes mm. which never never moves uh, it just randomly magically appears in places you never see anybody push it you never see anybody move it it's just there I I like to think it's pulled around by unicorns or something you know <laughs> just and then they kind of let the unicorns go up it's, it's I just find it very weird and you'll notice it now. But you never see, whenever you see Bran, you never see him actually move to a location. You just see him sat there uh, with nobody around, like hanging about, ready to push him off. Uh, and you never see him wheel himself anywhere. <laughs> it's just, it's really weird. Once you start to notice it, you think, this is very strange. How did he get there? I mean, you know, mm. you're talking about out in the Godswood. It's not exactly like, you know, just flat ground or anything either. So. I I just yes so it's either rocket powered and they don't have they've used all the budget up on dragons uh or or they've or, or you know it's I, I'd like to think like I say pulled by like wild horses or unicorns or something and they they're kind of off somewhere in the distance I just I I find that really really odd the way that you just pan into a scene and then Brand's just sat there yeah it's really strange yeah. um, it's, it's so, funny because uh, Aaron on bold move they they do their podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, yeah, bold move. Uh, he because the, they they brought up the similar because I guess people are starting to notice it a bit more because you said yesterday on Geek Town that uh or two days ago on Geek Town that you noticed it and then on bold move this week they said like um I think Jim asked Aaron or something they said like look how do how does Bran get around and then Jim uh, Aaron made this joke of like he uh he uh, walks into like eighty different crows and they lift up his uh yeah his there you go. or something so. Yeah, they did, the, these crows just come flying through the window or something. Yeah, like yeah, maybe, maybe it's crow powered. That's a perfectly valid possible. Yeah. yeah, maybe there's a big balloon attached to the top of it and we just can't see it. You know, it's off camera or something and he yeah. kind of floats in and, and just gets kind of dropped down. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's just weird when you see it. It's an odd choice. Um, I just want to see him like at least being kind of either moving himself around, you know, like doing a walk and talk thing when he's having a conversation. So he's wheeling himself along. Uh, I, I, I Maybe the prop doesn't work. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it just seems very strange that he's literally just wheeled in and left somewhere with nobody watching over him. He's just there by himself. I yeah. always find that very, very odd. But uh, yeah. So it's, it's funny because I think around like season five or season six, um, they're starting to become this jetpacking joke of like how is everybody getting to these different locations so quickly? Yes, there is that. And it's as funny well. if is... you think about yeah. putting like a jetpack on the back of Brand's uh, wheelchair or something. Um, yes, there, yeah. there was a point in, there was a point I think last season where they seemed to move around very very quickly between a couple yeah. of different locations, uh, and it's that it was very noticeable. So yes. Um, so uh, yeah, I I don't know, I I don't know, I don't know what causes it. I just it's one of those things that really sticks out to me now I've seen it. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, but yeah, the the scene itself, I, I was was fine, and it makes sort of makes sense that Bran doesn't really have any anger towards Jamie at this point because Bran's not really Bran anymore. So I think that sort of that all kind of makes sense to me. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of a funny like sort of 
yeah. mark of like how does he get around but it's more of a funny thing as opposed to like this is stupid so yeah and, um, and as, as i mentioned before somebody started a gofundme page to buy bran a <laughs> ramp to get him out of the courtyard because he seems to have spent like the first episode just sat in that courtyard and you know it could night night and day seem to pass and he was still there <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah i like the uh the jamie bran scene i think it's very kind of just like subtly concluded in a way of like hey if yeah. you if you hadn't pushed me i wouldn't become this and that and uh, you wouldn't have become the man you were, uh, which is a bit of like a surprising outcome. But it's, it's again a bit of that case of like, okay, we have to kind of resolve some of this stuff before like you know the battle happens and that. I mean, if if Jamie survives, which we we kind of don't suspect he will, he can maybe have another conversation with Bran. But in terms of them, like Bran doesn't seem really bothered about well anything at the moment. So in terms no. of here being like, I can't believe you pushed me out the window and all that all that sort of stuff. That's not really going to be happening um and then obviously jamie's just well they're all going to be focused on just surviving the battle now so um yeah. that's kind of that uh meanwhile danny is furious at Tyrion uh for not seeing through um cersei's lies jorah speaks with uh danny in private admitting that uh he was heartbroken when she chose Tyrion uh, as a hand but believes uh she made the right choice um anything to say about these little bits yeah i mean i i thought this is interesting what they're doing with Danny now. I mean, we've seen bits of Danny's temper throughout, uh, even last season and, and this season, uh, you know, certainly last season when she, uh, roasted Sam's family on the battlefield with the dragon. Right. Uh, you know, so we've seen that, that she can have a bit of a temperate, uh, you know, a temper and, and potentially be maybe not make the most, politically right decisions um and i you know her anger at Tyrion, I, I think will probably subside i rather suspect that Tyrion's going to pull something out of the bag and that will sort of um solidify his position but it also wouldn't surprise me if i mean i i know I, I hate to say it if Tyrion does end up dying at some point um i i really hope he doesn't i i, I want Tyrion to make it all the way through but uh whether you could have say uh jorah becoming his hand but i i think jorah wouldn't be the best person to be and because jorah is completely in love with danny and won't actually be giving her the best advice because he'll just agree with her he won't necessarily want to disagree with anything she does yeah um and i i think uh What's the eunuch's name? I've completely forgotten his name. It's blanked on it. Um, Varys. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the so the, the two possibilities were Jura becoming the hand or Varys becoming the hand if Tyrion, uh, if she decides that she's got sick of Tyrion. And Varys, I think, is a little bit too sneaky and, and yeah. doesn't be... Uh, don't won't really want to say out and out what he thinks to Daenerys. He'll sort of do what Daenerys says and maybe try to undermine her, which is always a dangerous thing. Whereas I think Jorah will agree with her too much. And I think Tyrion's quite a good choice for Hand because he will actually tell her what his thoughts are, whether she wants to hear them or not. Um and yeah, he's made some mistakes and believing Cersei was probably a stupid thing to do um, because it's Cersei. But it's also understandable, you know, Cersei, as 
we are where claims to be pregnant and you know he knows how much cersei loves family and he's kind of betting on the fact that if she's pregnant she's going to be wanting to fight on the you know the the side of the living and and he's not going to risk the child but it's cersei so you know she really has gone off the deep end and the fact that jamie has shown up up here really i think proves that so uh yeah i i mean i i think although it was a mistake on Tyrion's part you can sort of see why Tyrion was prepared to believe her even though it's cersei so i don't know yeah uh, i i don't particularly like this path that danny seems to be going down which is just like i mean i have a bit more to say about it when the the stuff with john comes up but um yeah, she seems to just... Um, obviously, she's very on edge with everybody because, like, th- this big war thing's about to happen and everything. But mm. uh, in terms of who's best for, like, that at the hand, uh, it's probably Tyrion, like you said, because of uh, what the other two, like, couldn't do. And Tyrion will say, like, what he thinks needs to happen. And obviously, Jorah's, yeah, like you said, probably the worst choice just because uh, he'll probably just, like, fall into to bad traps and stuff. Um, and he's been... I mean, he's kept her alive so far and they've... Uh, sort of succeeded and everything. Yeah. Um. I mean, the whole part of you know, uh, you trusted Cersei and stuff. I mean, it's kind of linking up with you know, Jamie's coming back. He knew he shouldn't have trusted Cersei now, and uh, all of them kind of just agreeing to fight together at least for now. Um. So yeah, it just continues down that sort of interesting character path for for sort of everybody. Yeah. As well. Um, the Danny Danny's anger is an interesting thing that's been highlighted more and more in the last couple of episodes. Yeah. And I do wonder where they're going to go with that. Is she going to end up turning? And we, yeah, we're all assuming that the final battle will probably be between the North and the South. But is is it going to end up being, you know, Danny versus John? Um, are, are we are we heading? Yeah, are they trying to push it down that route? I mean, is is Danny kind of preparing are they setting us up for danny to to take a an opposing side to john so I mean, even though i mean we kind of don't think that john wants the throne anyway but well no. I, I don't know he didn't even want to be king in the north why would he want to be yeah, the seven yeah. Kingdoms? So. yeah so i i i don't know um I, or maybe john's seeing a side of starts to see a side of danny that thinks maybe she isn't the right person to lead i i it's very difficult to tell but it's sort of interesting how much you know we're seeing flares of anger coming out of her every single episode now and Mm. i I, yeah i i don't know um i i just find it interesting what they're doing with the character and and whether that is setting us up for something or whether that's sort of a bit of a misdirect i don't know at this point Mm -hmm. um yeah i have a bit more to say about dan and uh Dan and John when we when we get Danny and John rather when we get to that scene so uh, I'll save a bit of it for that yeah um, Arya she speaks to Gendry in the forge and asks him about uh, the White Walkers uh, and he um, what's it gets gives her the the weapon thing the um, the spear with the the dragon glass stuff on it which is uh, a little bit later um, yeah and she does this bit where uh, she's throwing these what's it these daggers at the wall or whatever it is and, yeah like, yeah this guy's he's... standing right there and like he sees one go in the wall and he's like oh what's what's that and then he's like someone's throwing daggers at me and then you see this guy run off uh i thought that was pretty cool 
Aria, Aria getting getting her her first look of. I can't remember whether he was actually shirtless, but he was certainly uh, he was certainly kind of you know looking very manly, hammering away at that forge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see see ideas fucking in Aria's eyes in that fight. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the rest of their scenes a little bit later. We got yeah. some other writing here, um, but no, in- interesting scene in terms of like them making weapons and and that sort of stuff. So I thought that was pretty good, and also Aria showing to. To Gendry, like, look how kind of capable I am because I can, you know, th- throw in the yeah. knives and stuff, and he gets a bit more of an idea about it. So yeah. I thought that was a nice little sort of setup. Uh, Sansa and Danny uh, clear the air between them, kind of, uh, on their uh, affection of John, but Daenerys has no answer when Sansa asks what will happen to the North uh, once Danny takes the Iron Throne or potentially yes. takes the Iron Throne. Uh, she then takes her hands away, and then they sort of don't agree on what to do next, and. Um, it isn't really concluded from there. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the Theon stuff in a second. Um, this scene didn't really look like click for me in any sort of way because it almost feels like. I mean, this kind of reminded me of you know the later scene with Danny and John when it's like, okay, you guys just need to have like a bit more of a conversation to decide like, okay, what do you each want? Um, so if like if Danny sits on the throne and then Sansa takes uh, the North, and then John does like whatever. That can kind of be resolved that way, but the whole rule, you know, the, the Seven Kingdoms thing well, with the Iron Throne kind of negates that in a way. So, yeah, and, I, then you're, and then you're still seeing a bit of like, you know, Danny kind of turning slightly in a sort of way. Yeah, um, I, do, is, I don't really the, like any of that from from Danny. It it just no, I I think this is the yeah. the, the the thing again. It comes back to to Danny being absolutely determined that she is going to take the Iron Throne and the Seven Kingdoms and the North have very much said that they don't want to be you know, ruled from the South again. Of course, the resolution to this would be if Danny and John took the throne together because then you've, you're, although you are being rule, ruled from the Iron Throne, you do have you know, the person they nominated as King of the North as King and Danny as Queen and that would potentially solve it. I mean, you know, family issues aside, <laughs> but right. uh, but yeah, I mean that 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 could be a solution to it uh, as to how they resolve the issues with the North because the North won't don't want to be ruled by the South anymore, um, and that you know, Danny doesn't have an answer to that because she would. I mean, she accused John when he turned up and refused to bend the knee initially of being in open rebellion against the throne. So I, I sort of, I, I don't know. I mean, the obvious, the obvious solution, like I say, would be to, to marry the pair of them to, to marry John and Danny together and, and put them both on the iron throne. And, and that would probably solve it. Mm-hmm. But whether the North, yeah, the North might accept that. Uh, whereas they're not going to accept just Danny as ruler. So, yeah. What about if it's Sansa and Danny taking the throne, and then John doesn't, because he doesn't want any of this, and no, clearly no, Sansa but... and Danny both do. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, kind of wants the North, and Danny wants the throne. So, but yeah, but I, I think you, you're never going to have the throne. I, I wouldn't have thought you're going to have the throne shared by by Sansa and Danny. You might have this throne. You know, John may decide that. You know, if you can you can get past the relationship uh, between the pair of them, which they're Targaryens, that's fine. Um, you you can 
you could possibly have the pair of them marry, take the throne together, and then Sansa becomes sort of warden of the north. I guess so. And, and that that may be enough. The fact that you have a northern king sharing the, the power in the south and Sansa as, as warden of the north, that may be enough to make the north fall in line um, rather than have their own independent king. I mean, the other thing might be that, that Danny backs down and and agrees to let the north be ruled by themselves but that's Mm -hmm. difficult to say she seems absolutely intent on taking uh making sure that all seven kingdoms are are under her control at the moment so i don't know again it's another interesting you know flare up from danny that we see And, and there are kind of little things but you know the her, her shouting at Tyrion earlier. This thing with her pulling away from from Sansa. Her reaction later on when she's talking to John. Uh, you know they're all little things which make her a lot more spiky than she's been up until this point. And I I do wonder where they're going with that. It's difficult to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are interrupted by the return of Theon, who declares that he wishes to fight for for the, or the living because everybody really should. Otherwise, yes. if, if you don't, you're probably dead. So. Um, yeah, uh, Tormund, Beric, and uh, Ed arrive at Winterfell until um, John that the army of the dead will be here in the morning. So in like a few hours, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which of these do you want to talk about first? The the return of Theon or the return of the uh, the Tormund and the guys? Well, I mean, it's I think it's it's nice that Theon has decided to come back and wants to fight for the start side rather than getting involved with you know his sister and taking back the iron islands uh i i think that was that was kind of nice and again it's a nice way of bringing one of the kind of original stark family mm. people back uh i i have a suspicion he may be back there to die but well yeah give him what, what he's well given to do so uh which we'll talk yeah. about in the next paragraph in a minute yeah um, um yeah, and, funny to see Tormund come back and then like sort of over hug uh john and almost like knock him over and yeah. then like is is the big does he say the, is the big lady the, the, the big woman still around yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny i um, love Tormund. What, what do you think of Tormund at the moment some people either find him like irritating or some people just love him so. No, I I love Tormund. I think he's fabulous. He's a yeah. wonderful character, and uh, again, very difficult to know whether he's going to survive next week. He may he may end up dying saving Brienne, of course, which is entirely possible. But uh, but yeah, and uh, Beric no longer has his resurrection person around, so uh, Beric Beric's on his last life, and uh, and then there's Ed, and I mean, you know, a- anything could happen there. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see them. Um, all back together and all going to part the fight next week. There's not really much else we can say about it, I don't think. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think it would be interesting for Tormund if, like, in let, let's say he dies in like his final moments, he gets like a kind of a nod of respect from Brienne in some kind of way, just as like a final yeah. sort of okay, I don't hate you or you're not like disgusting or whatever. Like if he if he sort of sacrifices himself, or it doesn't have to even be a sacrifice. If they sort of end up fighting, like sort of next to each other um and then uh yeah he, he kind of dies and he gets like a kind of nod of respect or something and then you can get you can get a nice little sort of resolution there yeah it, that would be interesting um but yeah in terms of theon coming back i mean it's pretty cool to you know it, it's more of a case of like okay jamie's come back he's gonna fight for everybody okay let's get theon back let's get him in there um and then like he meets with um 
Sanzo and they have a nice little bit of sort of reunion and stuff. Uh, don't forget they went through the whole um, Bolton's thing together and with Littlefinger and, and all that sort of stuff. So they've been through some stuff together as well. So it's nice to see, yeah. you know, again, them come back and have like what I think there was a bit of a scene of like them having a meal together and just, just a last sort of little thing before one of them. Pretend- I mean, it's a little bit less likely that Sansa will die, but it's quite likely that Theon could. So. Uh, again, a nice little sort of last yeah. moment, which is what this episode is kind of for and what it's sort of full of as a way to yeah. say, like, okay, these characters might die next week, so here's your last kind of reunion, happy sort of jokes and laughs and all that sort of stuff, like we sort of talked about. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's quite interesting because this episode does feel like it could be a penultimate episode. So, I mean, yeah. we are expecting a lot of people to die next week, but there are still a couple more episodes after that. So, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's what there's six episodes of seasons. There's what three more episodes after this. So yeah, it's interesting. Battle, so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I've got a bit of a picture of the setup thing, but I'm going to read the whole War, War Council paragraph first. Yeah. Uh, at the War Council, Bran reveals that the Night King will pursue him personally. He doesn't necessarily explain why, but you can kind of understand with their connection and stuff. Mm. Um, as Bran recalls the Night King attempting to kill several uh, prior Three-Eyed Ravens, which he is now. He persuades the council to let him act as bait in the Godswood uh, to lure the Night King, who has previously marked Bran, uh, and then Theon volunteers to defend uh, Bran, which is going to get him killed, probably. Yes. But the thing is, if if the Night King goes and kills Theon, which I don't think would be too hard for the Night King to do. No. No, no offense, Theon, but like that's probably what you're there for. What would stop the Night King from killing Bran? Would somebody else like run in and do something? Well. Theon volunteers to defend Bran with the Ironborn. So, I mean, it's not yeah. Theon on his own. Right. Um, and, I mean, you could potentially leave a dragon back there to protect him, but then we don't know... Uh, I mean, the, the Night King seems invulnerable to fire. So, I don't know whether the dragon will be much use, actually, to, to stop him. Um, I mean, I, I think probably theon and the ironborn are more there to keep the uh others away to keep the the rest of the army of the dead away from from like swarming bran but as for bran versus the night king there could be some sort of mental battle between the pair of them uh i i I don't know maybe yeah it's quite difficult i don't know what that looks like but it's, it it seems like an odd strategy, right. because unless you've got a trap set up for you know they can, unless you're sort of surrounding the um, Godswood and are preparing to like you know I don't know fire arrows into the Night King fire or, or you know run him through with a Valerian steel sword, assuming that works because we don't actually know whether the Valerian steel will work specifically on the Night King. Uh, we know it works on the underlings and we know it works on the whites, but we, we don't know whether Dragonglass and and the Valerian still specifically work on the Night King or not. So yeah. that that may be a bit of a shock. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like a bit of a risky strategy. I kind of get that that's where they'll lure him to, and if they can lure out the Night King and they can kill him, it should stop everybody. But, you know, it's if they can kill him, and that's the big if right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of feeds into one of my predictions, and I, w- I want to talk about this before we talk about uh, John and Danny. 
I think if, because there's some people talking about the Night King might not even be there, that he might just fly straight over to uh, where where Cersei is. Um, so I wouldn't it, have thought that. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's what I saw some people kind of talking about, and we didn't like we haven't seen him anywhere. That doesn't mean he's not there. Like some people are guessing as to whether he actually is there or not. Mm. Um, I think that um, if if the Night King's there and he's oh, obviously got his dragon and stuff. Um, then John could die taking out the Night King, but if he's if you change it up and you get basically one of the, either episode five or six, I'm not quite sure how it would work out. But if you basically had this next episode, the third one, as like everybody against the army of the dead, and they kind of clean those guys up, and then you maybe have more conflict later with the Night King and the Dragon and with Cersei and our well, I guess our, our heroes or whatever. On their own, like a bit later. It depends if that all Maybe. depends on if the Night King is <clears throat> there or not, because obviously that determines what way kind of the battle could go. So, um, I I do think he's there, but there is a possibility that obviously he could just fly kind of straight over. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I I I'm not sure. It may be a case of the the Night King is there and ends up getting away but they take out a lot of the white walkers so yeah. the army of the dead is is diminished quite a lot um because you know if you're t- yeah protection in a way so so you won't have as many as protection and you know so it's possible that we might not see the night king die uh next week but mm. I mean, it's entirely possible we might. Though I mean, there are there are two there are two things because there are two. There's this battle with the Night King, and there is the battle for the throne. I I suspect those are going to be the two big battles. Um, yeah. So if the night if they can sort out the Night King in this battle, then that leaves a few episodes for them to ramp up to the the ultimate battle of of you know whoever takes the Iron Throne. But. Um, there is also the possibility that maybe the Night King escapes and, and gets further south, uh, even even though they managed to maybe manage to win this and decimate quite a lot of the Night King's forces. Um, it's it's very hard to tell. I just think this is really interesting, like strategy, because what what's what's Bran going to do? I mean, we know they have some connection, but can Bran mentally overpower the Night King in some way? Uh, the Night King clearly wants to kill the Three-Eyed Raven, uh, but we don't actually know why. We know that right. We're the Night King... We're this night thing, but that didn't really... Well, yeah. We... When Bran sort of said that, I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? So, like... Yeah, we... Well, I mean, it, they, we've had we've had three eyed raven, you know, the Night King pursuing other three eyed ravens and trying to kill other three eyed ravens. So clearly, he's important in some way, and maybe Bran could be the Night King's downfall, but we don't quite know exactly how at this point. So yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. We, it's I think it all depends on whether the Night King's actually there next week or not. I. I I, I think the Night King will be there because I think it will be it will be weird for him not to be there. I don't see why he wouldn't be, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I don't see him splitting his forces because tactically, I, I don't think that's a sort of tactic that he's going to be bothered about. He's just going to you know it's more like a sort of advancing plague than than him kind of going oh I need to go and deal with this. He's just going to railroad himself over everything. So. I can't see why he'd use that as a tactic. I I think he's just going to want to, you know, start in the north and railroad his way down south. That's what he's going to do. I I don't think that he's suddenly going to turn up on Cersei's doorstep. Um, 
could be wrong, but yeah. I, you know. Yeah, we just don't know. So, uh, but we'll have our answer next week, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we got the we got Winterfell itself, and then this is pointing forward. So if you were looking from where, well, from where Tyrion's looking, basically at the end of the episode. Shut up. I'm not jumping to the end of the episode. I'm just explaining geog- geography wise. Uh, you got the unsu- what it says here. You got the Unsullied right in front there, and then the Dothraki just in front. Uh, and then in front of those, you got the Army of the Dead. But towards the left, you've got uh, it says the Knights of the Vale, Jaime, uh, Brienne, and Podrick. And then just before, just backwards of them, you've got uh, it says some Northmen. And then right over to the right hand side, you've got um, it says uh, the Northmen. So I guess they may be kind of split or something. And then yeah. at um, at Winterfell, it says uh, Leanne Mormon uh, and sixty two warriors. And then it's got a picture of these trees and stuff. And then it says Bran and uh, Theon. And obviously the uh, Ironborn stuff is there as well. So yeah, it's interesting to kind of kind of look at this. So um, yeah, but yeah, because c- like some people may have, like possibly forgotten, but it's not just like the main characters. We do also have the whole army of the the Unsullied, the Dothraki, and and everybody else, which is yeah. like, a ton of people. So. Um, I mean, they're still massively outnumbered, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's decent, I suppose. So yes, um, but it's not like they have another option now because they're here. So no, uh, that's that. Um, Masandi uh, uncomfortable among the uh, Northerners because she goes over to these kids and they sort of walk off. Yeah, they run away. Yeah, yeah they walk off from her. Um, she suggests to Grey Worm that they go to uh, her um, homeland of Narth after the war with the Unsullied uh, to defend uh, the peaceful people of, of Narth itself. Um, yeah, an interesting little scene between two arguably smaller characters, but two still <coughs> still important characters. That's that's a that's a one of these are going to die next week. Right, one of them, not that, the other, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. one of them, not the other, and I wouldn't surprise me if it's Masande that dies because I think everybody's assuming it's going to be Grey Worm but I I wonder if it's actually going to be Masande um, because Masande's the one that says what we should do after the battle we should go to our ho- my homeland in North and Grey Worm's that's a great idea I'm going off to fight in this battle now I I, I do wonder whether that I mean that that's a, that's a classic setup for one of these two people are going to die because uh, they're not going to see each other again I I suspect that I mean, it could be Grey Worm, but I I suspect it may be Masandi that dies because she's the one that wants to go to her homeland. It could be that Masandi dies and Grey Worm, Grey Worm ends up taking her body back to Narth uh, and and maybe settles in Narth as a sort of protector for them. Uh, that may be the the route maybe. that yeah. go down. Um, I I I wonder if it's going to be that way round because I think we're expecting Grey Worm to die. Uh, and I wonder if they're going to flip that somehow. Um, but but that's that was a classic um, sort of nineteen fifties war movie trope of of uh, you know you know, when when you come back from the war we can get married and have children and yeah that guy's dead <laughs> so so you know I I it's it's very much one of those sort of conversations so I suspect one of them is not making it out of that battle alive. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite direction though and say Grey Worm dies. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, one of us is going to be right and wrong, or they might both die and we both wrong. So. Yeah, we're both yeah. wrong. Yeah, um, I do think you're right though that one of them might survive. So, because um, then you can kind of have like part of that relationship, I guess, kind of lives on, and one of them can go to Narth and like sort of what you said. So, 
but who knows what might happen next week. Um, yeah. And then John, Sam, and Ed reminisce about their time in the Night's Watch. And I love what Ed says is uh, something along the, along the lines of, like, um, Sam, the uh, the slayer of, uh, was it whites or something, and the lover of ladies, is like, oh, if you need, if we needed an indication that, like, the world's coming, and <laughs> yeah. Ed, that this is it. Uh, but it's true. Yeah. He's, he's, he's done both those things. So yeah. um, wasn't he the first person to kill First person. Yeah, first person we saw on the show certainly to to yeah. uh, to kill a white. So um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. no, it was, it was a really nice little scene that. Yeah, and we also got like twenty seconds of physic ghost that one. The one of the uh, yeah, the dog. I can't think of their proper names. The die wolves. Uh, die wolves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the the wolves there. Um, a lot of people have been complaining about like, oh, we got so much like dragon stuff, and that's taken up the CG uh, budget, and we haven't had any of the the uh the direwolves what kind only, of are you well there's to be fair there's only two direwolves left and one of them's running around with a wolf pack in the middle of like um the the north somewhere mm. so you know because we saw um uh what's it nimira uh aria's direwolf is still out there and mm. as a wolf pack i do wonder whether they're going to turn up and and maybe save aria at some point but um we know that she's that, that Namiri is still out there and Ghost is the only other one that's still alive. All the others are dead. So I mean, yeah, we've not seen that much of him, but I I don't think it's anything to do with the budget because I right. think they've had as much you know, it, it's just a case of they've given as much money as they wanted, I think, to be able to finish the show. So I, I don't think it's a budgetary thing. I think it's just a case of there's only one of them left and you don't really, you know, it, it is probably quite a lot to stick one of those in the background and it's unnecessary, you know. Yeah, so, cause unless you actually need them in a scene, you don't really need to have them just like there, I suppose. No. Because so, no. when we see the dragons, it's usually because, you know, John's riding the dragon for the first time yeah, or they're burning enemies them, yeah. or something like that, so... Um, yeah, but there seems to be a lot of people sort of complaining about like, oh, we've got so many dragons, but we haven't had any of the direwolf stuff. So, but like in terms of what's important at the moment, which is like you know getting everybody together, fighting the war, and then sorting things out. I think we'll the, see some the, direwolf faction the next direwolf week. Direwolf doesn't really, yeah, like sort of click in with that apart from the fighting and stuff. So, yeah, um, I mean, we might see them in the series finale, so we don't know. Um, yeah, we still have over half the season left, I, so. I hope Ghost makes it right through to the end but he may die in the battle mm-hmm. next week so. yeah. uh, going back to Arya Arya <laughs> asks uh, Gendry uh, why Melisandre wanted him and Gendry recounts how she pretended uh, to seduce him for the blood stuff, the royal blood yeah. revealing to Arya that he is uh, Robert Baratheon's uh, <coughs> bastard son Arya and Gendry, well she seduces him basically yeah. Uh, and then uh, as Arya wanted to, well, have some fun, lose her virginity before she potentially dies, or both of them potentially die, because who knows what might happen. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not saying that either of them might die, but in terms of characters and in the world stuff, yeah, they, they no. could die tomorrow. So uh, she wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I, a shocking amount of people had problems with, with like, Arya. This, this is ridiculous yeah. double standards, because... I, you know, a lot of people have shot, have, have problems with this, and I, I, I understand how some people might have been uncomfortable watching that scene because of the fact that Arya, you know, has been on screen since what she was 
12, 13 years old and, you know, he's, he's now in her 20s. The character herself, is I think he's supposed to be 18, at least 17, but I think she's supposed to be 18 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both of consenting age. Yeah. It is a bit like, I mean, I know for some people that there is the argument that it's a bit like watching, you know, your child have sex. I, I, um, the, the, uh, uh, the actress actually posted something on, the on twitter basically saying you think you found that uncomfortable bearing in mind my brothers my sisters and my parents are all watching this scene ha 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 kill me now you know so, yeah so uh yeah you know she uh, macy did actually post that on, on twitter which i yeah i thought it was quite funny but i mean i i don't have a problem with this scene they're cons- both consenting adults uh, yeah. at this point and and the same people that complained about this didn't seem to have an issue with the fact that sandra was raped at like 15 and you got uh i mean or torman torman was a 15 year old kid who was uh, you know and you got like post-coital scenes with um marjorie who was clearly a lot older and that was fine so <laughs> You know, and this this seems like a bit of a double standard to me, in all honesty. So I, I had I had no problem with that scene. I thought it was I thought it was really sweet, and I I got it. And Aria was very much in control of everything, and uh, yeah, makes that Saki remark about yeah, you can take your own bloody trousers off. thing, you know, right? I, yeah. I I I thought it was it was great. It was perfectly good. You know, subtly, nicely done little scene, and I entirely get why she might want to do that. Uh, you know, it's potentially her last night. She wants to lose her virginity before she maybe dies in battle tomorrow. I mm-hmm. yeah, perfectly okay. That should not have been a particularly controversial scene. I can understand people talking about it because, like you say, you know, we've grown up with these characters. Plus, this Game of Thrones has got like twenty-five plus million people watching it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've grown up with these characters. So. We've seen her. Yeah, we've seen her grow up on screen, but. Uh, I, it was, certainly was not inappropriate for the for the show at yeah. all. It's fairly tame as the show goes. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the whole if you're a parent thing and it's like watching your child have sex, I kind of get that. Obviously, yeah. we can't relate to that because we don't have children. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, I, I but in terms, get why it, people went ew about that because of the fact that they watched her grow up. I do, I do understand that reaction to right. it. But she's not. Um, the, but, the thing but, I don't get it, is, you know, she's not 14 anymore. She's no. a lot older and she is, like you said, of consenting age. She's perfectly uh, a good age to do that. Yeah. And it was with Gendry. He's a nice guy. Yeah. They both consented. And given what's happened with, like you said, with Sansa and with, uh, I mean, with Danny in, in earlier seasons, this is much, much nicer. Yeah. So, yeah, um, totally. And there's no incest for once. So. <laughs> yes, for change. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's accidental or, or on purpose. So, um, yes. yeah, I, I was perfectly fine with it. So. Yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, it's quite surprising how much of a sort of buzz that made. Um, yeah, but there you go. So again, that's what happens when 25 uh, plus million people watch a show and they notice something. So yeah, yeah. and I, there is there is actually a note on on here that said apparently uh, David Benesoff and D.B. Weiss actually said to Macy Williams, "You can decide exactly how much of yourself, your body, you want to show on camera during the sex scene." And she basically said mm-hmm. that she didn't feel that she needed to show an awful lot because it was wasn't central to the na- narrative, which is entirely correct in that particular case. So mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was perfectly it wasn't gratuitous, it was perfectly subtly done and yeah, I was absolutely fine. I, I no problem at all with it. 
Uh, let's move on to one of the funniest scenes in the episode. Uh, yeah. Tyrion, Jamie, Brienne, Podrick, and Davos. So a lot of our interesting characters that who could die next week. Yeah. Uh, and Tormund gather in the meeting hall to drink uh, before the battle. Because again, it's going with the theme of the episode. Uh, the conversation turns to why women, and in particular Brienne, cannot be knighted. And Jamie knights an emotional Brienne. Uh, and then Sam, oh that's a bit later, with Sam giving the Valyrian yeah. sword to, to uh, Jorah. Um, yeah, really, really nice scene with, with Brienne yeah. and with Jamie and I, the whole knighting thing. Late. And the nod from uh, Podrick, because obviously they've been together for seasons. Uh, in terms of like training and, and whatnot. Um, mm. what's, what's the title that he was... Esquire, I think it was. Squire, yeah, when, yeah. He, when he first met uh, Brienne, and now like Podrick's training people, which we saw a bit earlier in the episode, so yeah. it all kind of connects nicely together. And you know what that's called? It's called it's called a well written show where things connect well together, and you see, because uh, I mean the nod from just a small example is like her seeing Podrick train someone, and then later on when she goes to get her big honor of being knighted, he gives her the nod. That's you know good writing and stuff, and like yeah. with the whole connection with her and Jamie and. How they haven't quite got on. Plus, you got the comedic thing with um, with what's his name, with Tormund, Tormund. Uh, and Davos is kind of there being awkward, and Jamie, uh, Tyrion's drinking. So you've got a lot of just like really, really good stuff connecting in the scene. Uh, everybody gets kind of emotional, and uh, yeah, she get. I can't remember everything that Jamie I, yeah. said, but uh, she gets no, excited, and yeah, it was really, really, really lovely, good. really lovely scene. Um, it it does make me worry a bit for Brienne next episode because kind of. that's sort of. That that almost completes Brienne's arc because you know the fact that she's she's sort of turns up and when we first see her when which is way way back with uh, the 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 king um, or the, the the it's it's Baratheon's brother isn't it um, I can't remember what his name is but she she starts off with with him and then he gets killed by Stannis. Uh, uh, and she's sort of then gone on this arc of protecting the Starks and, you know, not being a knight. And every time they refer to her, it's like, I'm not a knight. And and then this, this lovely ending where Jamie goes, well, any knight can, you know, any knight can knight a knight and I'll prove it to you. And then knights are, I, I thought this was a lovely, beautiful, emotional scene mm-hmm. and sort of really completes that sort of arc for Brienne. Uh, but like I say, that does make me slightly worried that she might not make it through the next episode because that does complete an arc for her and uh you know so that that's a bit of a problem but um i thought overall this scene was fabulous i you know it's really nice them all sat around drinking and like when they first walk in and brand goes no podrick you're not drinking you you know and and then and then Tyrion just like literally fills like the entire glass so it's overflowing yeah, it's yeah that's great yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just wonderful and uh Tormund tried to impress her by kind of really disgustingly downing that kind of horn of whatever it was milk or ale or sort of whatever it was just uh, the whole scene i really loved i thought this was just wonderful to see this group together and chatting and you know that again there's this underlying sense of sort of tension and doom throughout the whole thing but it's funny it's really funny Mm -hmm. throughout uh and really sweet and that's the you know jamie knighting brown is one of the most emotional kind of moments i think we've had in this and beautifully beautifully played uh just you know you could see her face sort of trying not to crack as Jamie's doing it. I, I thought it was lovely. Really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to copy one of my own earlier predictions, which was to do with uh, Tormund and getting a nod from Brienne. I think that, that there's something that could get in the way of my own prediction, which is 
if if Jamie dies next week in the battle but gets a similar nod uh, from Brienne, but like as a knight and all that kind of you know stuff that they've connected on this episode, uh, have we? Is there one more last scene between uh, Jamie and Cersei coming up, or if if that char- if that relationship arc or whatever you want to call it is done, can Jamie now die in this battle? Because obviously, if he dies in the battle, he can't see Cersei again, and that would have been well. I mean, one of the predictions that has been floating around on the internet for a long time is that Jamie does maybe die in this battle, but Arya takes his face and uses that to go back south and kill Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, that that certainly has possibilities, I think. But yeah, I also possibly think that maybe you want Jamie back south to to have some sort of final interaction um with cersei uh, and maybe you you know you don't want aria to do it maybe you do want jamie to you know to be the one to take her down um himself you know and, or at least have some sort of final confrontation there uh so i that's why i'm i'm kind of i i'm although we've been saying that probably jamie or brianne will probably die next week i'm I'm not sure. It is entirely possible that both of them survive. I, I as I say, I, I, um, I do wonder whether Tormund will actually end up dying, like trying to sacrifice himself or sacrificing himself to stop something killing Brienne. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's where you get this sort of you know nod of respect from you know it's like why you did why did you do that sort of thing maybe. Um, so I. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you'll get something there. I certainly out of the three of them, I don't think that they're all going to make it out. But no, uh, it's, I, it's, it's difficult to say. It's very difficult to say with that. Yeah. Um. So it, it depends with Jamie if they want to do something else with Cersei. Uh. In terms of Tormund, I think he's the most likely to die. Uh. Yeah. In terms of Brienne, I I I think she's just got something left in terms of being, in terms of actually doing something as being knighted. Whatever, whatever yeah. you want to sort of call that, I th- you know, in terms of her going up to maybe Sansa and doing doing some other stuff, um, like yeah, her, I, like I, I think there's her. maybe just like a little bit left with her, um, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't really see her dying quite so much. But with Jamie, it's just the question mark of of Cersei, because uh, if they if they're done with Jamie and Cersei, then I think Jamie could die because this could be the last sort of good thing that he does. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, what about um, Podrick and uh, Davos? Because they're the other sort of two here. Because I think Tyrion um, survives next week. So yeah, I I hope Tyrion survives. Davos, I I would hope survives as well, just because I like Davos as a character. Um, Podrick, I I would hate to see Podrick die, but I think he's a more dispensable character than the others. He's always been a bit of a side character, so um, he's great. But I yeah, you could get rid of him. I mean, we know some people have got to die. I mean. So Podrick, I think, is one that you could potentially lose. Uh, maybe uh, you know that that would give Brienne something to to fight for as well, because obviously, yeah, they've become friends as much as she begrudges admitting it. They have become friends. So, mm-hmm. oh, cool! I've just been sent to Kira. The emails come through on the screen sometimes when uh, uh, things happen. So sorry for the interruption, but uh, I've been looking forward to playing that. So, um, <laughs> and I'm going to die a lot of times on that game. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see who survives next week and everything. Um, but uh, 
yeah, if if you if you're a Marvel fan, you're a Game of Thrones fan, get ready to cry within <laughs> the next week. So, um, I mean, crying at not just deaths, but like happy things as well, like character reunions or if people survive and that sort of stuff. So, um, I mean, this is quite isn't this quite a historic week? Like we got Avengers Endgame and then we've got the Battle of Winterfell and and everything like that. With within, I know they're not yeah in the same week in the same they... week, but in terms of the same in within the next seven days, they are coming out. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Quite, quite historic. So, because yeah, there's, have a, we there's ever had a lot. Two things line up. Line uh, up yeah, I mean, there there will be occasions where you've had yeah. big things. I don't know whether there's been anything, two things quite this big as sort of epic ends to uh, two franchises. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Or though Avengers isn't arguably isn't an end to the MCU, but it is the end to a phase of the MCU. Well, although yeah. they're saying it isn't, they're they're saying Spider-Man technically is the end of. But I mean, this is the end of the no, culmination of. Thing. So ten years yeah. of story. So coming up. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Sam gives his Valerian steel sword um, to uh, Heartsbane to Jorah um, out of gratitude for his influence um, for the father and stuff. Uh, just a short little scene, but it's kind of written on its own. There, or it wasn't yeah. part of the other paragraph, but I thought I'd, I'd give it its own thing. Yeah. Is this Jorah's like? What is this? The show's way of saying Sam's going to give this to Jorah so that he can use this to fight and die. Possibly, I, I, because I, I would say I, I very think, likely to die next week. Yeah, I think, I think there is a fair. I, I don't know whether he'll die next week, but um, I, I don't necessarily see him come through to the end of of the show. I, I, I think it's, I think the fact that they've actually given him a Valerian steel sword actually gives him a better chance, because you know up until this point he's had a normal sword, and if he's, I, I think there is a potential that he maybe goes, he maybe dies taking out a white um and you know maybe that's the case or maybe maybe it's just to give him more of a fighting chance in this battle because if he's got a valerian steel sword he's going to be able to cut sways through people which he couldn't do before as as well you know um and uh, so uh, it also means that sam doesn't have a valerian steel sword on him if he needs which is interesting um but yeah that that kind of leads me to talk about something else with the crypts because a lot of people yes. are saying, like, oh, what about if the White Walkers go down in the crypts and just kill everyone? Um, well, yes, there is. I, I have uh, thoughts about the crypt as well. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, because you've got, um, what's his name? Tyrion's friend. His name's escaped my head. Bron? Bron? Bron. It's too many people with, like, bees yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in their names. Um, him, he's Ron. down there. You've got uh, Sam and uh, Gilly are down there. You've got a bunch of, like, well, a bunch of red shirts. Well, we're going to see a lot of red shirts like, next week, regardless. Um, who else is down there? Tyrion well, isn't down there, is he? He's there is, there is the, the argument. I mean, they're sort of saying, oh, the, go down to the crypts. The crypts will be safe. The problem is the crypts are full of dead people. Yeah. And if the one thing you don't want to be surrounded by it when you've got an enemy that can raise resurrect, the dead them, yeah. is an arm is is being surrounded by a group of dead people. So I do wonder if this is going to be an excuse to maybe we maybe we have a, a, a brief appearance of a Sean Bean next week. Hmm. Uh I mean, yeah, we don't know we knew it was laid to rest. Why, so we can die again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, although I, I'm guessing it was his bones that they brought back, so maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's in a skeletal kind of. I don't know. Thing. So. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I do wonder whether the the because they're all saying you can be in the crypt, the crypt will be safe. 
And I'm I'm really not convinced by that at all. I yeah, do either. wonder because if, if the Night King's getting close enough to it to Winterfell to be in the Godswoods, then he's close enough to raise the dead in the crypt. Right. And there's that, people down there. <laughs> there there are going to be people down there, and you know all you need is a few people to, to be killed, and suddenly you've got an undead army in the middle of Winterfell, which is not good <laughs> one, one, one in the building and one outside the building <laughs> yeah yeah so i i don't know i i think i yeah that that seems like a dangerous proposition yeah. unless they take all the bodies out of the crypt These but i doubt they're really a danger aren't they they're really yeah. in a lot of danger um not to sound too negative but yeah people are gonna die so yes um can you imagine if we like nobody dies next week <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. No, People are going no. to have to die next yeah. week, and we just don't know who. Right. It is quite difficult. There are pluses and minuses for a lot of the characters. Mm. There it's is, it's very difficult. I mean, yeah, it is yeah. fun to guess, and it's. The, but that's what's so brilliant about it. I mean, there are, with with the exception of of you, know, as I say, I think it's fairly obvious that uh, uh, you're going to have Masandi or Grey Worm die, but it's difficult to know which one. There, there is a lot of them like that. There is a lot of it where you can look at them and go, well, that character might die, but equally there is a good chance that they may live. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's very few which you can point to directly and say, well, that person's dead, which is a great position to manage to get themselves in at this point. Yeah. You know, the fact that they're still keeping us guessing, it, I think is, is really clever writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Crips, um, Danny and John visit the Crips. Uh, or he, yeah, they they go to the crypts. They in their talk, uh, where John is standing in front of Lyanna Stark's uh, statue. John reveals what Sam and uh, Bran told him of his parentage. She questions whether this information, having come from his uh, from his brother and his best friend, is reliable. Uh, which is you know fair enough. It's quite a big thing to, to yeah. tell somebody. Um, so you'd question as to whether or not it's true. Uh, she further notes that if it is true, John would have uh, a claim to the Iron Throne, Im- uh, implying uh, that a potential conflict between them. Before John can respond, though, before he can just get ten seconds to say, "I don't want this throne," <laughs> yeah. uh, they are uh, interrupted by horn blasting um, signal, you know, approaching for because the White Walkers are on their way. And then we see a clip of um, that them on their horses and some other stuff. And they very interestingly show like. It at an angle where like obviously we know there's hundreds of thousands of these things but they don't show it as to where it's like an overhead shot you sort of see it as to where you see like five or six like specific sort of heads and then you just see like a bunch of bodies sort of in the, yeah, yeah. In the background a bit um i i will say that because i was thinking about this yesterday if um if danny does or if, if john doesn't get the chance to explain like okay i don't want the sign thrown just because i've got like the rights to it or whatever or you know i'm you know the rightful heir i don't want the throne you can have it um but like coming to the other sort of you know marriage agreement thing the thing that you talked about earlier um yeah in terms of maybe sharing it if they get married or whatever uh and give him the 10 seconds to explain that because he was i feel like he was just about to sort of say that and then they got interrupted yeah no i Um, i think that's probably what he was just about to say uh that that was my feeling as well um what what's what's kind of interesting is is the the fact that neither of them at any point when you know uh Sam told John last week or when John and Danny spoke this week 
the first thing out of either of the mouths wasn't hang on you're my aunt you're my nephew yeah. you know uh, and we've been having sex time, for the last so. kind of yeah you know but you've yeah. not seen either of them go hang on a minute yeah that's not the first thing that came out of either of the mouths of like no. yeah i mean they are targaryens and maybe uh, yeah and we know incest is perfectly acceptable in targaryen culture so i maybe maybe it's fine but um, you still react to it. Uh, yeah, it's the fact that neither of them have kind of gone, ew, hang on a minute. Um, I, <laughs> I just, yeah, particularly John. Particularly, there's no reaction from John about that, which mm. is just a little strange. But, uh, and Danny's, I mean, Danny's reaction is a bit more obvious in that, you know, she's had nothing but the Iron Throne to think about pretty much since she was born. Yeah. And the fact that somebody ne- might now have another claim to it and a arguably a stronger claim as well to the iron throne that's her first thought but i as i say i think john's reaction will be like you know he's never wanted to be king he's never wanted the iron throne all he wants is to protect the north and you know drive back the army of the dead so i i think that that in itself shouldn't be too much of a problem. And as I say, if they if they do kind of do the Targaryen thing and get married, uh, even though there aren't nephew, I, I that that may potentially resolve a lot of problems anyway. Um, but I thought that was that was quite clever the way that they cut it off at that point, and you know didn't go into a big thing of like you know hang on what does this mean it sort of left it hanging and then suddenly you've got the okay we're not going to go into this battle now so uh yeah, yeah it it leaves that until afterwards which i think is is fair enough you know we we know that she now knows next week's going to be a big battle and then we will start to look at the fallout from whatever happened in the battle and this conversation or these conversations i don't think danny's got a perfectly valid point as well when she go, goes hang on a minute the two people that said you are this guy are your brother who apparently can see the all the past yeah. and your best friend that found it in some old book somewhere um I, is how reliable is this information you know which is a fair point. I mean, we believe it's true, I think, as an audience, and we're supposed to believe it's mm-hmm. true. But you can understand her scepticism, I think, at that point. Mm. I, I will say, I know this is a bit of maybe a strange opinion or something. I, I don't know. But if 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 the show doesn't give John the chance to say, like, okay, I don't want this Iron Throne, etc., all that sort of stuff, and Danny outright, like, betrays him... I know I I, I, don't I, think I will do lose that. a little bit of respect for Game of no, Thrones I, if that I, happens. I don't think they're going to do that. I think because they, they kind of alluded to it a little bit of like yeah, what the no, hell, I, John, you know. Yeah, um, no, I I I think they what they what they're doing it, it's a plotting thing. I think and I think what they're doing is they needed him to tell her at some point, and I think telling her now, then have it cut off, and then next week focusing on the battle because that's the immediate issue. And then the week after, we'll we'll go back to dealing with the Game of Thrones. And I think, you know, as I say, my my gut feeling, and I could be entirely wrong about this, but my gut feeling is we'll deal with a lot of the Night King and the Army of the Undead stuff next week. Mm. Uh, That may even resolve all that. And then the next three episodes will be about the battle for the throne itself so it sort of makes sense although you know john's had this information he needed to get and tell danny but i don't you know i i think 
either next week or the week after you are going to hear him say i don't want the throne i don't care about titles this has i am no interested in this um and it's all yours I, I, yeah and you know it is all yours but i think he might get strong-armed into it by some of the others of sort of suggesting you know we've already had Tyrion and some of the others suggesting that they should get married i mean admittedly they didn't know they were related at that point but like i say they're targaryens that shouldn't make a huge amount of difference actually um so i i i think that it's more a case of let's put a pause button on that and we'll jump back to it the week you know after this battle is sorted so yeah so I, I, I think it will happen. I don't don't worry. It, they, there will be that conversation. It's not going to get just left there and Danny will turn on him. I don't think. Um, I don't see that happening. I, 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 I agree with you. If they left it at that and she suddenly turns on him without Johnny explaining it, being able to sort of explain that, that he's not interested in it, I would be very surprised and I would lose, lose a bit of respect for it. But I very much doubt that's where they're going. I, th- I think we're going to get to see a bit more. Uh, and yeah, Tyrion looks out, sees the army is dead, and uh, yeah, that's the end. So, not yeah. the end of the series. That would be a very weird place to end the end the series. Um, but uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, we have quite a fair bit of feedback this week, um, so we're going to jump straight into that. But you can send yours into Matthew at Entertainment Talk dot org, Twitter E Talk UK. There's the contact page, and there's also information in your show notes. Uh, so there's that's how you can send stuff in. Henry says, so next week's battle is supposed to be longer and more ambitious than the Lord of the Rings Helm's Deep Battle. Do either of you remember that, or will Matt have to do uh, Lord of the Rings as a classic review series? No, I was old enough to watch Lord of the Rings when it was when <laughs> it was out and stuff. Um, I can't remember what, what I was doing or what year that came out or whatever, but I, I definitely watched uh, those three. I didn't finish the Hobbit ones, but Lord of the Rings was obviously the... Uh, the more yeah. important piece to watch. Um, it could be a classic reviews thing one day. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, what, what do you remember about Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings? Uh, I I have I have watched them all. I've actually I mean I I actually sat and watched all of the extended editions of Lord of the Rings and all the background material. So I you know because I got the DVDs with like the six disc disc DVD Blu-ray things, which have right. got a ridiculous amount of background stuff. So I have seen. Mm-hmm you know all of that and all the stuff on it um and, and that battle was spectacular i will be interesting to see how this comes across uh i mean we we are told we believe this is well it's either this one or the battle that comes later as being the 45 minute battle sequence but we believe it's probably this one um so it is going to be a huge ambitious interesting thing mm-hmm. uh i good mean i good things on hbo so yeah yeah <laughs> and I mean, I, I watched the Battle of the Bastards uh, again last week because, I, you know, you, you, you know I was thing. doing my yeah. rewatch thing. Um, so I went and watched that last week. And uh, that that actually, I seem to remember, got cut short as a budgetary thing, but they worked around it and made some really interesting choices. Uh, things like John getting trampled under a pile of bodies, that was actually a budgetary issue because um, <laughs> they, they couldn't afford to uh, do some of the wider shots. And so that that iconic shot of john kind of popping out of that bunch of bodies that was done because they didn't have the budget to do what they actually wanted to uh it's it's really so i i'm really intrigued to see how they handle it and uh, of course it's i guess it's going to be quite dark or certainly yeah, dawn maybe when we see this battle um it could even be a night 
thing because we did just see them arrive. I mean, they said they'd be there by morning, but it was still fairly dark when they showed up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yes, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like, but I suspect it's going to be spectacular. Yep, yep, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. So, uh, well, it's gonna be better than pretty good. So, mm-hmm. um, it's just I yeah, it's just we have Endgame and big battle, and then this thing it's gonna be gonna be a crazy week. So. Um, and hey, we get to podcast on it all, which is fun. So, <laughs> uh, what else there? Bethany, what do you think um, would cause Bran to show any kind of emotion this season? I have the night, uh, have the Night King be about to chop his head off, which is listed as a question. See someone die, that's a question. Uh, I wonder, um, acting wise, what it is like for him to 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 be like that, to do that. Um, and she asks me what he was like a Walker Stalker because I did meet uh, Isaac. He was well. He showed a lot more emotion. He spoke to me, and uh, he was quite nice. Um, I I asked them all basically the same type of questions, which was like, how long was it to film? What was it like to do the final season? Obviously, I didn't say like, did you die or something stupid like that. Yeah, I, know yeah. He, I know he can't tell me that. Um, but uh, yeah, they all said like it was nine months. It was pretty fun. Obviously, like kind of long or whatever. But it's Game of Thrones, so they they all quite enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, he he was really really nice. So he was good to to see there. But what would cause Bran to show some some emotion? Um, have you got any thoughts on what might cause him well, to show any kind of emotion? I, you see, you've got to bear in mind that Bran technically isn't Bran anymore. Um, there are so. elements of Bran to him, but he is he is the three-eyed raven in a Bran-shaped body, essentially, mm-hmm. at this point. He's, he's technically a different character, really. Uh, and if you look at it from that point of view, I don't know what would actually get him to show some emotion um because he knows everything and he's seen everything up until this point or most things up until this point although we have seen in the past that he doesn't automatically like see everything all at once he uh because things like the relationship with john and the fact that he he didn't actually realize that uh the that um Liana and Viserion, I think that's the right, those are the right names, or, uh, were, you know, the Targaryen and the Stark were actually married and John was actually legitimate until Sam told him. And then he knew what to go and look for and goes back and, and looks at it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily kind of see absolutely everything. And, and I I just don't think that, that the Three-Eyed Raven is a particularly emotionful character you know um yeah i mean like let's say john was well let's let's use a smaller character i mean with theon let's say theon gets like stabbed or something would he like react to that i don't know um i i honestly can't tell almost seems to be in this state of like well people are gonna die i'm kind of prepared for it i've seen all this stuff and yeah just like switched off a bit or whatever so um, yeah, and I, I so I, I I honestly don't know. Um, it it's really hard to tell whether that character does have any emotion at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I because you could kind of associate his state with like mental health problems, but then it is more to do with like the magic stuff and the thing that he's no, seen. Yeah, it's so not, it's not it's not like specifically in that lane, but you could kind of compare it a little bit. But then yeah. it's, a, it's a different situation, so. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's he's a curious character. So, yeah. Um, but yes, Isaac spoke a lot more, and he was he was very nice. So, yeah. uh, Jerry says David spoke in the preview 
about magic being taken from the world, thus causing John to die. I, I remember you saying that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why would this be the case? He listed that as a question. I know there, um, there's the thing about uh, Melisandre he- healing him, which we saw in season six. Was it start of season six? I think he died. Did he die yeah. in the five? Yeah. Um, healing him, but uh, has he perhaps l- lived uh, long enough to maybe stay alive? Like, has his wounds maybe healed or or, or something like that? Um, well, it's a curious thing that like we don't necessarily know a flat out answer but it's interesting to kind of look at him well, in that sort of way yeah i mean so. if you if you remember um when they moved him onto the boat before the infamous boat sex scene uh the the when they when they kind of picked him up at, at that point yeah um he had all his scars and stuff he still has all the, and they, and they weren't scars they were open wounds pretty much i seem to remember they weren't like sewn up kind of scars or anything they it was still pretty obvious that he'd been stabbed and those things hadn't really healed so it's difficult to know what he is at this point Mm -hmm. uh whether he is purely being held together by magic uh and i mean the the same thing sort of goes for uh what's his face the other guy that keeps on getting brought back um the one with the 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 eye patch uh beric yeah beric yeah so the same thing thought of goes goes for Beric because I mean he's been brought back multiple times and it's whether the magic is keeping them alive or whether the magic is just bringing them back. But then if they've still got gaping wounds in you know their heart or whatever and that's not actually being repaired, you know, is it the magic that's keeping them alive? Mm-hmm. Um, so the kind of question is like, is it just a simple? resurrection or did because if it didn't physically kill him and then the thing goes away and he's still got his wounds and he probably will die so yeah uh, yeah exactly. it's a case of whether those actually got healed up or not so um, yeah but we and, we don't know we can just and it's, only guess, yeah so. it's from, from what we've seen of the few occasions he's had his shirt off since then mm-hmm. they don't seem to have healed up those wounds um yeah. so you know that gives the impression that maybe he's being it's magic that he's keeping him here and if that is the case who knows so i was just thinking when you talked about that um if if he was treated like a archie in riverdale because with archie in riverdale you can never hide his his scars or anything because he's always got his shirt off so (laughs) (laughs) yes cw knows how to get viewers that's why yeah um uh, and then final question, just a simple one, which we kind of talked about a bit, but Haley says, uh, just have a simple question. Will John and Danny have conflict over the Iron Throne? I think, it, uh, I mean, it can either, it can either go the stupid way, which we've discussed, which is like a straight up like betrayal, or it will be like more of a, okay, sort the, the war out, whatever's going to happen next week. And then they have just like more of a discussion about it, like once she's maybe called off, or like the, I guess the double revelation of not only... Um, are you my aunt but i also have the right to the throne because there's two different things to yeah be discussed here one of which they didn't really react to because of the yes, horns and whatever happened yeah. so um i mean they're gonna talk about it obviously but in terms of conflict we just have to wait and see how it it'd be more to do with how danny handles the situation as to, as to yeah. what john does because i think I, john's obviously made up his mind already so well yeah i mean we're all we're all assuming that john's reaction is going to be i don't care whether i've got a claim to the iron throne i have absolutely no interest in it but if danny's reaction is to go further off the rail uh you know and he's, he's going kind of further off the rails and he's being like you know much more a case of 
I, you know, well, the North has to come under my control and I'm, you know, I, I won't bend and I, you know, you're, you're, you're a threat to me now. If she does start to go down the kind of slightly mad queen route, John may feel that it's necessary to stand up against her. Uh, I don't know whether that's going to be the case. And yeah, so it almost puts John in a position of, well, I don't want the throne, but your reaction to this is making me feel like I need, you know, you're not the right person to be sat on it. And I am, uh, and, and not, not that I am, but I am the other legitimate heir. And therefore I feel that I have to, you know, and the North will be pushing him to do that. So, this comes back to what I was saying earlier about how they've been setting up Danny as being slightly more unstable than we've seen her before. You know, as she's getting closer to the possibility of getting the Iron Throne, she's her, you've seen her temper flare up a lot more, and you know her her the, the more kind of fiery Targaryen stuff come out. So I mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's it's difficult to guess whether they are pushing Danny down that route of. Um, I, I think there will be a further conversation about it. I think her and John will talk about it, and his initial reaction will be, "I don't really care. I don't want the Iron Throne." But if Danny's then just doesn't trust him and is insisting on, you know, I, I, everything is it's either my way or you, know, I'm gonna lop your head off, sort of thing. If it if it comes to that, then John will probably feel that he has to stand against it. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think it's going to go that way. It could be a case of John and Danny working out between them and, and ends up with them getting married and sitting on the throne together. Yep. Uh, we nice. shall see how things go next week. And yeah. who lives, who dies, uh, not just in this universe. So <laughs> we shall see yeah. what happens. Um, but yeah, that's what we have for you this week. Quite a, quite a packed podcast, but lots to discuss. Um, lots of reunions and characters to talk about. So... Uh, yes, join us next week for the uh, in memoriam for lots of different characters, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and join me for tomorrow for the memoriam of probably other different characters uh, with yes. the Avengers as well. Um, yeah. Yes, which we'll be back for at uh, t- some point tomorrow afternoon. I think I'll be back to, to do the podcast. We, sh- we shall see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's what we got for you for uh, 802. We'll be back next week, obviously, for the uh, the big battle for of Winterfell. We shall see you for that. You can find all the content that we got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you'd like to support, uh, sorry, if you'd like to find David, uh, you can do that on geektown.co.uk. Check out Geektown Radio for your all your all your TV and film news, casting news, uh, air date information to see when your favourite shows are coming back. Uh, and lots of them are also ending this year, so get ready to say get ready to say a lot of goodbyes this year. Yes. Uh, with character deaths and shows ending and that sort of stuff. Uh, but geektown.co.uk. Uh, Geek Town Radio on podcast services, Spotify, and iTunes, and all those sorts of things. If you'd like to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link, you can shop on Amazon or get a small cut, but it won't cost you anything extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. And if you'd like to rate and review a specific feed, uh, it would help us out if you did the Game of Thrones one at the moment. And, and then also go over to Geek Town and rate and review that one as well. That will help David out. Uh, yep. Word of mouth, if you don't want to mess around with any of that sort of stuff, uh, you can simply tell your friends, family, people that you know, uh, people that you see talking about Game of Thrones on social media or at work or whoever you see talking about Game of Thrones or probably Avengers within the next week and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and yes, do try to do your best to avoid spoilers because obviously people are going to be spoiling stuff both in this show and Avengers and well, other things as well. Uh, so try to do your best to avoid that. Uh, but you can share the post on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. 
you can put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to do so. Uh, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening, and we shall see you for the next podcast, the next thing we do. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.